In today's episode, we're speaking to Lavelda Vincenzi, who is a world-renowned speaker, coach, moderator, MC, and host who teaches female entrepreneurs how to secure game-changing paid speaking opportunities such that they can increase their impact, influence, and income. In around 18 months, Lavelda went from an unknown name to introducing and facilitating conversations with political figureheads, celebrities, senior business executives, entrepreneurs, names such as Margaret Vestager, a European Commission for Competition, Monica Lewinsky, Kunal Nair from Big Bang, Big Bang Theory, and Paul Pullman, former UM University CEO. Born in the Caribbean, developed in Papua New Guinea, and refined in the UK. Lavelle's international upbringing means diversity has been in her blood since a young age. Let's speak to Lavelda and find out how you can command your value. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And once again, we have the amazing, the charming, the beautiful Lavelda Vincenski. How are you? Oh, no, I am fab fabulous. You were almost there. You made me sound a little bit Russian there. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I, I apologize. You're, it's an Italian name, not Russian. But <laughs> Welcome back, Lavelda. We had such a blast last time. So thank you so much for coming back on Money Talkies with us. Oh, it's an absolute delight. I couldn't miss this one. I was like, we're going to talk about money. It's one of my favorite topics. (laughs) Awesome. Fabulous. Fantastic. So, Lavelda, before we begin, tell everybody in your own words what it is that you do. So I am a international MC moderator and host, which means that I teach, uh, I introduce speakers on stage and moderate conversations. I also teach uh, female business owners how to secure game-changing paid speaking opportunities. Effectively, I'm a speaker business coach for female business owners. Fantastic, fantastic. And today we're actually speaking about a very, very relevant topic, which is how to command your value. Now, when we were speaking off camera, tell us, um, why do you think this topic is so relevant and so important for us to discuss today? Oh, gosh. I mean, I just think I tell people I'm kind of inherently lazy. So I like if I can do the same thing and get more for it, I mm. prefer to do that than do a lot for less. And I think it's an ongoing thing where we often, especially in the coaching and speaking space, we hear a lot about command your fee, get your value. And so for me, um, something that occurred to me very early was that I was always going to be too cheap or too expensive for somebody and mm-hmm. too cheap for somebody else. Because I think sometimes we're so focused on the people who are saying no, because we're too expensive mm. that we forget there are people who won't even look at us because they don't spend less than X yeah. on this thing. Agreed. Right. So if yeah. somebody wanting, and sometimes our fee can have somebody have a perception of whether or not we're as good as we say we are. So Mm -hmm. we kind of naturally kind of assume that if you're, and it's not to say everybody's got to charge high fees for everything. 
but for those people who are kind of charging charging let's say a hundred bucks but they really know what they deliver is a thousand for example just to give an idea of context so they know that they are so far off where they should be charging for me one of the things that helped was your thousand pound client is not even interested in a hundred pound coach they're just not they can care they're not even looking because they have a minimum level. <laughs> it's like a yeah. property hunter. If they're if there's somebody in the million pounds, they are not looking at 60K houses. They're just no. not. Mm, so agreed. That 60K house might be too expensive for somebody, but for somebody else, it's, it's just too, too, too cheap. cheap. Yeah. So I had to work out which would I prefer to be. And I would rather be at the pricey end of the market for me personally. Other mm-hmm. people, it might be different, but I would rather be at the pricey end of the market. So I had to get okay with the too expensive. It's just, you're not my, you're not my client match. You're looking for something slightly different and that's okay. Mm. And I think this is important as well, because a lot of people, are not actually truly understanding the value anyway. I think they're underselling themselves. And this is something that we come across quite a lot. Whatever reasons behind it, imposter syndrome, or I think they're just trying to get the business off the ground or whatever have you. But a lot of people, rather than overvalue, tend to undervalue themselves. Have you not found that as well? Yeah. I mean, I've fallen into the trap of doing it. And I think I think what happens, the common excuse is I don't have that audience. Like Mm. my audience doesn't spend X and it's a a chicken and egg almost type situation, at least with my speaking business. So I'll tell you, I started off, I used to, y'all used to be able to get me for, I think the cheapest I've done is a whole day for 75 pounds. Now, like, wow. At the time I was getting started, it made sense. Then I remember my fee was like 300 but if I look at my fees today, I couldn't work for the clients I worked for before. Yeah. Like it's just not possible. And so I think sometimes we've got to be okay with letting go of the a certain type of client. It's like we want to keep serving them, but we want somebody different. But it doesn't mm-hmm. work like that. Mm. You kind of have to shift and then the new ones start to see you and come through. And I think sometimes people are so desperately holding on. I mean, I know that there's almost like this, it it plummeted for a bit every time I increased my fees. But what I would do is I just test it on new people who'd come out, right? So, mm. and I knew when the repeat business came, they were probably going to say no. So they'd come back and they'd say, oh, well, look, we have you again. I'd say, yeah, you can, but my fees have increased since then, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and some of them would stay, but some of them would go. Yeah. But the reality was the new clients were used to these higher fees. And mm-hmm. over time, those numbers have become easier for me to get. Um, mm-hmm. And I found clever ways to negotiate initially to offset fees because most people, most people don't negotiate, they barter and they call it negotiation, and that's what gets them into trouble. So let's let's give the distinction between that. What do you mean neg- between, what's the difference between negotiating and bartering? So bartering is the thing that you do in the market. The product remains the same. It's like, okay, cool, I've got this handbag. I want 50 bucks for it. And you say, no, I'll give you 10. The bag hasn't changed. It's the same freaking bag. The only the only differentiator is the price. Yeah. So we are looking at exactly the same offer for a different fee. That's mm-hmm. bartering. Okay. Negotiating, the offer shifts with the price. Right. Right. So what you do is you go, sure, you can have it for, you can have it for 10, but that's going to mean we're going to have to take this bit out, this bit out, and this bit out. 
and they go, oh, but I want all of that stuff. Well, then it's 50, mm. <laughs> right? We can shift it around or you're going to have something else to the same value, mm. okay. right? So in speaking terms, uh, and it's part of the key of how I grew my speaking business really quickly, what I noticed was professional paid speakers had certain marketing assets in place that I didn't have, right? Mm. So they had great quality video footage. They had a ton of like these really snazzy professional photos of them on stage. I didn't have any of that, right? Mm. Uh, They had testimonials, didn't have it. So when I negotiated, I was looking at what else do you have that would be of value? So initially I would, I'd still quote on the same fee and they said, I don't have it. I was like, cool. Do you have a professional videographer? Mm. Yeah. Would you be willing to give me a copy of my footage that I can use for my marketing in whichever way I feel like? Mm. Sure. And then I kind of think, well, that saves me having to go pay a videographer, bring them out. That's going to be 500 to a thousand bucks. So I'm willing to negotiate provided Mm. you're going to be that part of the deal. And so now I'm still getting the same amount of value. Some of it's coming in cash and some of it's coming Mm. in other ways. Mm. So it might be referrals. It might be testimonials. It may have been video footage, but there are ways and, you know, coaches, it could be a case study client. Sure. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll reduce it, but we're going to track your journey and I'm going to use that for marketing purposes. And if you're comfortable with that, um, then I'm happy to do a certain mm-hmm. deal. But otherwise what happens is you don't move out of a fee bracket and people don't see the different price. Mm. So when you're bartering, what you're doing is reducing the value of what you're offering. Okay. When you're negotiating, the value of what you're offering remains the same. You're working out how you achieve the same value in a mutually um a mutually beneficial way. So if you don't have it in cash, what else are you going to do to make up the difference that's going to make it that I am still receiving the same value? Big distinction. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a very important way to look upon it. And you you never devalue yourself. You just find a different way of either monetary value or something else. As you mentioned, you know, video footage or uh, professional photographs and so forth. And the, people don't normally think like that. I think they, their idea was normally would be, okay, so value because it just means money. It means if I don't want the gig, then I'm going to have to charge less or something like that. Whereas you've really um, beautifully um, interjected a different way of looking, looking at things of, okay, so you can't pay me that fee, but can you give me this? And can you give me this? And can you give me this? So my value still remains there. Now, this is so important. I just want to say this because I, I, I speak from an energetic point of view and from a law of attraction point of view. That is so important, Velda. I think this is the reason why your your um, your business has taken off because they're still giving the message to the universe. That's my value. Yeah, I may not be receiving it financially, but I'm receiving it in terms of you know other things which I normally have to spend anyway. So I'm actually yeah, I'm, I am actually receiving the money out of my pocket, or just get it get it through there. And I'm getting in, a, in, a, in an environment which is more uh, productive for me. I rather have a, or, you know, rather get. Um, the photographer is going to be doing that anyway, rather than having my photographer come in or my videographer coming in. It makes no sense. It makes sense to use theirs and get them to pay and there's no skin off their back. Whereas at the same time, you're benefiting. But the message you're giving to the universe is that's my value and I'm not negotiating on that. I'm not negotiating on it. And I think the thing is you set you set an expectation going forward if you barter, right? Yeah. 
And I've found all kinds of clever ways. I've done stuff with um, organizers where I really wanted the engagement and they like, they'd push to the top of their budget and they're like, this is literally all I've got. And I'm kind of going, that is still not enough. Mm. So instead I've said, look, would you be willing to do a multi-year deal? Mm. So I will give you your price that you need right now, but next year you're going to give me my full fee. Mm. You know what that saves me? Having to do the flipping paperwork and all of that shazam all over again. No, all I got to do is invoice and I now have a booking for next year and it's a two for one deal. I'm happy with it. That's great for my cash flow. You're happy Mm. with it because you get the fee that you want right now. So I'll give you what you want. But what I want is I could do with the assurances that I can go for longer. I had a mentor really early in my career that used to say to me, Valda, every number is a negotiation point, dates, times, durations. Mm. And for some reason, we just think money. Mm. But you can work around those timelines. Fine. If you can do the deal like today, I'll give you the number because I just can't be bothered to wait. If you're going to take the pressure off my hand, I'll give you the number. If you're going to take some of the pre-work off my hand, you can have the number. Mm. I'm kind of thinking, what are the other creative ways that we can make it work? But if they're set on a particular number and they don't want to give anything extra mm. to make it up, I walk away from the deal. So let's let's talk about the, you know, the main question here. How do we determine what is our value? So we, we can only command our value once we're aware of it. So how does one go about realizing or becoming aware of what is my true value? Am I overvaluing? Am I undervaluing? What am I doing and how do I go about it? It's a combination of things. I think some of it is what the market would put on your on the work that you're doing, right? Mm. So, you know, in coaching perspective, if you know that you can help somebody get X amount of income and the pain is of a particular size and other people in the market are charging that number and the market can bear it great, right? So you kind of have to think industry specific and for what it is that you're doing mm-hmm. whether or not people are prepared to and a market exists right so that's the first thing but just because the market will can pay that doesn't mean they'll pay you that mm-hmm. right so sometimes people are just kind of like i'm just going to keep saying the number and keep saying the number and it's going to come through but there's two other things at play one is do you look like the number you say you're worth mm-hmm. because the perception means that if the, if the prospective client is just not going to believe it. So say the easiest way I can, I can share this is when we look at a hotel website, mm-hmm. if they've got super polished photographs and then outside they've got that concierge guy, you know, one with mm-hmm. a little hat and a red carpet, and then you look inside and they've got the fancy pool, you then kind of like, oh, heck, this is going to cost me a pretty penny, huh? Mm-hmm. You're expecting that that it might be... Off. 500, 1,000 a night, like when you look at the price, whether you want to pay it or not, you kind of go, huh, it makes sense. (laughs) I might not want to pay it. Like I said, you're always going to be too expensive for somebody and too cheap for somebody else, but I can understand it. Mm -hmm. Like it makes sense. But if I look at your hotel and it's photos that were taken in the 1980s and it's grainy and it's off piece and I can't see stuff and it looks like old furniture and you want to tell me that you charge 500 bucks a night, you lie. I'm not paying it. (laughs) You lie. I don't care. You can tell me 500 till you're blue in the face. You ain't worth it based Mm -hmm. on the products that you have right now and what I'm seeing. 
Okay, so just because hotels can command a thousand doesn't mean your hotel can command it. Right. So you've kind of got to align yourself. So you look like the number you want to charge. It's something Mm. I teach on female speakers all the time. I'm like, you telling me this is a service you charge 3K for. I can't even see the service on your website. So you lie. I can't see any video footage or the video footage is terrible. You lie because Mm -hmm. a professional speaker does not have shady footage. A professional speaker has professional quality, well edited video footage Mm. because they can afford to invest 5K in getting video footage done if somebody's paying them 10 or 15 per engagement. Mm. Right. So I it just, if it doesn't add up just because mm. the industry will pay it doesn't mean you'll get it. So first is whether the industry can bear it. Secondly is, do you look like Justify it right it. now mm. that it adds up? And thirdly is, can you say it? That's a big one. I think that can is a big one. Can you actually say it? it? Yeah. <laughs> Because half the time, honestly, the main reason people don't get paid to speak is they ain't never asked. Mm. They're just not even asking it. I had somebody come into one of my clubhouse rooms. She's like, how do I get paid speaking gigs? And I said, babe, you're telling me, you just told me that you've had four or five people in the last week ask you to come and speak. She said, yeah. Mm. I said, of those conversations, how many of them were financial conversations? And she said, none. I said, that's why you don't get paid. Because right now I can't tell you if your messaging is incorrect, if it's like, it might be that people would be willing to pay you now. You just never asked. Mm -hmm. And she came back two days later and she said, I just like had a number in my head. I asked for two and a half K and boom, they've paid it. This chick just started making money overnight because she asked for the darn thing. Mm -hmm. And two and a half was a number that felt congruent to her. Mm So I've shared, um, I shared in the the previous episode that when I started speaking, Mm. I could only ask for 75 pounds. I remember asking for 300 felt like a lot and then asking for 500 spent a lot. I needed to expand myself to be okay with asking Mm. for those numbers. So just because you could charge and other people actively regularly get 15k for doing the same engagement or delivering the same service doesn't mean that you can congruently say that right now and that's a different journey so I found for me how I got there was the more I did the better the more testimonials I got the Mm. more confidence I took from it and to me it was a it wasn't a like, let me go to bed, wake up and then boom, ask for a bigger number. I did it in steps. So I would charge 300 and after about three months of that and people paying it, I was like, ah, add an extra 200 to it. And mm-hmm. the first time I said five, that felt uncomfortable. I was like, mm-hmm. 500. And these were rubbish numbers. I mean, they're mm-hmm. not great speaking numbers, but this is my journey and I honored mm-hmm. it. But what that meant is I could get to a point where I can say it's 5K and not bat an eyelid because Mm. it is, and I'm not making it up. So it's easy for me to come up with a number. And like when I was speaking to people for speaking gigs, I'd say, come up with the number. Firstly, let's see if you look like that number, because if you don't and you feel like you could ask for two and a half and I can't find anything, I'm telling you right now, ain't nobody going to pay it. So Mm. you might need to go back and spruce things up so that it's aligned to where you are right now Mm. and it feels congruent. Um, But that being said, even if it's congruent, if you can't confidently say the number, it's not going to work. And so I would suggest I my suggestion for speakers, at least, is. Whatever number feels great to you, you ask for that. You add 20% to it and ask for that number because 
it's going to stretch you mm-hmm. and you can always negotiate back. Mm. But you, I don't know, no negotiation where you start with one number and you end up with a bigger number than what you asked for, <laughs> unless they've added extra stuff to it, right? Yeah. Unless they've kind of gone, we want you for one day and then it turns into two days. That's mm. a different matter. But if it sticks with the same ask, mm. the number only goes in one direction and it's never in your financial favor. <laughs> so, so you may as well start a little bit higher. If that was a bit shaky and it comes down a bit, it lands at a number you were comfortable with in the first instance. Agreed. But Agreed. if they say yes off the bat, you can then go, wait, what, 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 the worst thing for a salesperson is you put a number out there and they go, sure, no problem. Because that tells you they you were anticipating <laughs> They were anticipating a lot more than that. And they're like, let's sign, let's get the ink on this paper before before she changes her mind, wakes up and realize that was, that was a dumb number, right? Mm-hmm. So at least then if they say yes straight away, you can, you can have the confidence to say, oh, heck, I could have asked for double. Mm-hmm. So to me, having enough clients behind me that paid the fee I was comfortable with gave me the ability to kind of move charge forward more. with it and mm-hmm. continue to charge more. I think some people just want to do this huge, like, kabam, here I am. Mm-hmm. And for me, that didn't work. I mean, I think you have to believe that you're worth it as well. I think that's may- been my major journey. I mean, I've, I've you know, for the, the amount we charge for the mastermind now, and it's still increasing. I have a number in mind where I want to get to, and we're not there yet. But it's a slowly every it's every time we allow people in, every time we, we, we're going from them, you know, I think we do the intakes three, four times a year. Every time we do the intake now, we increase the amount and it's slowly 10%, 20% every single time. And I think we'll probably hit the number I'm looking aiming for in about a year's time. But we're getting there because every time you say the new number, I'm still a bit uncomfortable, like, oh, who would pay and would they pay? And I get people pay every single time. If you don't have it, you know, I'm, I, I, I normally said I'm on probably most people's vision boards now. I um, you know, this, I spoke to this person this morning. She goes, I want to work with you. I want to save up on the work. I'm so brilliant. Come back. I'm not lowering my price, but you're welcome to come back to me a bit later on. So, but you have to get to the point. And every single time you have a new number, you're like, hmm, even me, I mean, as a money person, would they pay? Would it come through? And obviously it comes through. So once you've had the one or two people, you know, pay at that price, then it's easy. Then it's okay. What's the next number? <laughs> yeah, the then you've got the confidence behind you. You're like, okay, cool. There's people out there. As you were saying that, something I wanted to add to it is something, and I don't know that you do this, but I, I've seen it in the market where if they don't have the money, almost um, feeding them into submission to commit to a mm. number that the client doesn't have. And that doesn't work for either party. And here's no. why. It doesn't work for you because rather than kind of allowing the universe to give you people who would happily pay that and see a ton of value, Mm -hmm. you are still beating people in, in desperation rather than kind of being in an abundant space. Of course. Secondly, the dynamic you set up with that client, they need it so freaking badly. Like they need it to work out so badly that the energy they bring to the space it's it fair. Just never works. Fear it's, just ne- it's fair, it's scarcity, it's save me. It's a dynamic that is just not worth holding on to. And Agreed. so I do not, um, I don't work with people who can't comfortably afford to work with me because I'm not the right fit for you right now. Mm. This should be a joyous decision for you. You're excited about, you know where the money's coming from. It's zero stress 
for either of us Mm. because you can afford this. And the energy you bring to it is this is a delightful investment in myself. Mm, I love that. This is such a stretch because I I've been there too. I've overinvested in stuff and I can tell you the amount of pressure I put on myself and the person I've invested in, like mm. this means the freaking they're the worst clients because they need it so much. Yeah, they this it's very needy and what you find is what I mean, what I found this as well. Most of the time I'm very clear about about the, the kind of client I will take. And obviously we were all humans, we were making mistakes. I've made a mistake a couple of times. Generally, I'm very good at this. But I've had had clients similar to that who are so desperate to make it work that they spiral downwards. And yeah. money's coming through. So initially when they're starting the work, money comes through. But two, three, four or four months down the line, when they stop doing the work, yeah, money stops coming in or as frequently. Then they go into, oh, was it just a you know thing that's just the beginning and now it's not going to work and it stopped working for me? How can something work for you once and start working for you? It doesn't work, it doesn't yeah. work that way, you know. It just means that your energy has gone back into the old fear mode, and once they're there, they just spiral downwards. So I agree yeah. with you. you. They need to know that this works. Um, you know, they're able to afford the services before they move on. And this was the conversation I had this morning with the, the lady. You know, she's in my in my monthly membership program and she's got some of my smaller programs. So said, well, you're more, more than welcome to go ahead and do these programs. Um, I would, She's a lovely, lovely lady. I would love to work with her at a deep level in the mastermind. But when the time is right, she will come. But for the time being, it wasn't the right time, even though I'm, I think I'm the right coach for her, but it's not the right time. But anyway, um, let's wrap this up now. So what would be your parting comments about this you know, this question, you know, how to command your values. If you can just summarize everything we just talked about. Um, okay. So I was, I was saying, <laughs> I was about to say, can you give us a, a summary of, of, of the answer to this question, which is how to command your value? Yeah. I mean, wait, it's a combination of things, marketing material, your online profile in a similar sort of way to command the fee. And thirdly, continue to stretch yourself that little bit further, understanding that you're always going to be too expensive for one person and too cheap for somebody else, but your energy will sell long before your words. So if you don't believe it, it's going to be really difficult to bring it in. And then the final thing I would say is um, track the evidence so that you can continuously shore up your previous fee. So whatever the number is right now, if you can track the results that you're getting for clients, the feedback that you're getting from people, you'll have so much more confidence in saying, well, hold on a minute. People are paying me X. The result I'm getting is Y. I can up my fee and I can do it in such a way that I absolutely fundamentally believe this from the the from my core. And that's where you want to be at. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right. So thank you so much for that. And how can we connect with you, Lavenza? How can we sort of um, come find out about your services? Sure. Uh, either go to lavelda.com if it's MCing services or you're wanting to kind of see me in action. Or if you uh, want to get your journey going as a speaker in particular, your business owner, you want to make money from it. I have a free speaker marketing blueprint, which is basically all the things I did that made it super easy for me to command my speaking fee. So if you'd like a copy of that, um, I think you're going to put that in the show notes. I think it's wellclassfemalespeakers.com forward slash speaker marketing blueprint. And it's all yours. Totally free. Fantastic. So all the all the social media links for Lavelda and the, the website she's just mentioned will be, um, if you're listening to the podcast, will be in the show notes for the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, then it'll be 
down below in the description section. Do check her out. She's fabulous. She's phenomenal. And if you do need help with your speaking engagements, you want to be a paid public speaker, then do go check her out and find out how she can help and support you. Thank you so much, Imelda, for being <laughs> such an amazing guest with our technical issues that we've had today. But you've been awesome. Thank you so much for being a guest with us. And we have to have you back. I think we'll need to get you back back on my talkies to have another discussion, hopefully without the technical issues with Zoom. Oh, you know, I love to talk money. So anytime. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for joining me and Lavelda today on Money uh, Money Talkies. I will be back on another segment of Money Talkies with another amazing guest asking them for tips and advice so that you and I can be a better entrepreneurs. Until the next time we meet, this is Gokhan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop and if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money then go and get my book Laws of Money from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.